Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of One Amazing Experience. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Rick Perry from By Word of Mouth Caterers. Uh, by Word of Mouth, one of the most uh, renowned caterers in London and the Southeast, um, listed at uh, historic royal palaces, unique venues of London, uh, and have done large scale events from Harry Potter film premieres to Vogue 100 party and numerous high society events as well. Uh, Rick, uh, welcome to One Amazing Experience. Would you like to give us a, a further sort of 30 seconds to a minute on, on yourselves and uh, by word of mouth? Uh, 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 thanks, Philip. Thank you very much for having me uh, on here. I feel very honoured to, to be asked. Uh, I think you pretty much said it all. Yeah, by word of mouth, um, I think it was established in 1981 uh, by Mike and Jenny Lloyd Owen. Uh, I have to be honest and say I haven't been here since then, uh, but I joined the company back in uh, the end of 1990, so 1998. Um, exactly as you said, we work at a lot of London venues, so I think we're listed at over sort of 50 of the venues, um, and we do all sorts of events from the weird and the wonderful, from small dinners for four people up to large events for about 1,500, and each one has uh, a unique amount of detail and effort put into it. So thanks again for having us. It's a pleasure, Rick. Thank you. Thank you for the introduction. And as usual, in terms of one amazing experience, we'll be going through your party of choice, uh, and this party can be any any event you wish it to be. Uh, and going through venue of choice, look and feel, arrival music, what drinks you'll be serving to your guests, what meal of choice, which is always fun to hear from caterers, uh, one entertainment of choice, celebrity if you'd like to have one, uh, first dance track if you will have dancing, big departure, and one gift to all your guests, which may be something physical or last one I did, it was hugs as we haven't been able oh, to hug for the last 15 nice. months. So he was going to give everyone hugs, uh, which is very nice. Excellent. Uh, so to start the ball rolling, Rick, uh, what will be your party? What would it be for? Uh, what occasion would it be for? And where will you be having it? Oh, okay. I don't know. So I, I'm thinking about this. I think, uh, what would my party be for? I'd just be throwing a big celebration party, considering the last sort of 14 months we've had. I don't think you ever need an occasion, really, just to have a party. So this would be a party to celebrate having parties again, um, if we're allowed to do that. Um, venue of choice uh, is a tricky one, uh, with me sort of uh, sitting on the tightrope of the amount of venues that we work at. So as I said before, we're listed at about 50 or so venues. Each and every single one of those venues that we work at are amazing uh, for all sorts of different reasons. Um, the more obvious choice you could have is sort of the iconic and historic buildings like the National Gallery, uh, where we work, where the art is fantastic, the rooms are sensational, uh, really elaborate, and you can do sort of Art Deco, you can do all sorts of different events in there. Um, the new... Uh, They've newly refurbished room 32, I think, uh, over the sort of lockdown period. So I think one of the benefits all these venues have had is they've been able to sort of renovate some of the rooms which were looking a bit tired whilst they didn't have guests. So I think National Gallery would be amazing. Um, likewise, also the V&A. I love um, working at the Victoria and Albert Museum. I would love to host my own party there because you've got that balance of inside and outside. So you've got the beautiful Majerski Gardens and then you can come into the dome um, for dinner. Plus also, if you want to have your party all outside, you have got a perfect wet weather plan uh, for switching it in there. Um, so I live out by Hampton Court, Hampton Court Palace. I think probably if I had to name somewhere uh, would be where I would love to do it because I love the versatility of the space for me. A party or an event is about an experience from start to finish. 
And the minute you walk into the grounds of um, Hampton Court Palace, you go through the sort of Tudor periods, you can uh, dine in the Great Hall. Uh, alternatively, you can go out into the Clock Court and Fountain Court and have your events out there. So I personally love working there. I love being in Hampton Court either at the end of an event when there's nobody else there um, or at the beginning of the event, first thing in the morning when we're doing a label or something like that. It's a really sort of unique experience. But um, all of our venues, I would host it one at every single, every single place. I was going to say, you're being very diplomatic. I'm trying to be very <laughs> diplomatic. Sorry, I know. Well, that's it's true. Okay. It's true. Okay. It's true. It's true. I know it's true. It's all good. Um, we have had other people do it in their own private gardens because they didn't want to oh, insult, okay. well, insult, any, insult any venue. But I'm, I'm delighted you're having it at Hampton Court Palace. It's a beautiful place. <laughs> and it will be an amazing party. And how many guests would you like to have? Oh, uh, as many as I could possibly sort of fit. But then again... Yeah, I, 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 if, I, if you're naming me a, sort of to a number, 150, because I know the capacities and I wouldn't want to break any rules at any of these uh, locations. Okay. So I think 150 would be a nice number so I could get around seeing everybody. Absolutely. They always say that uh, in terms of a, a company size, or and obviously this feeds through to a party as well, that uh, 150 is about the maximum any person can actually know everybody at a party. So they yeah. Exactly. It'll be my wife who knows probably the majority of the people a bit about <laughs> facing the party. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, so excellent. We started off your party, obviously, at um, Hansen Court Palace. In terms of uh, your, your career, um, I know you, you were at University of Nottingham, is that right? Uh, yes. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah. And then you started in the industry working for a destination management company. Is that right? Uh, no, that's not right. So, right. no, no, no. no. Right. So, um, so basically, yeah, I did go to Nottingham University. I studied uh, theology at Nottingham University, which obviously is a, a classic sort of career path into events. I think yeah. anybody who's in events should really sort of study religion and, <laughs> and all of those things. Um, it tends to, be, tends to be theology or history of art, I find. It's, it's <laughs> natural well, leading to events. Uh, yeah, if I'm being brutally honest, I'd probably look down the list and saw which one had the least amount of hours, uh, sort of lectures in a week and went with that sort of theory. Um, but no, I, actually, I'm, I'm sort of very lost. So effectively, after university, I went travelling um, and was in Australia and New Zealand for a couple of years. So I did a ski season working up the mountains in Queenstown, which was lovely. Um, and then I worked at the Attorney General's office in uh, Sydney, uh, in Australia, for about six or seven months. And the intention was uh, to come back and do a law conversion course. Um, but whilst waiting to do my applications I got a job at this small company called By Word of Mouth um, so I joined By Word of Mouth as I said back in 1999 or 1998 when it was a very different company to what it is now but um, one which sort of shares the same ethos that we have now um, and I've been through here the whole time but we've done lots of different things on the journey so I've been here for over 20 years. Amazing, amazing. And so you you, uh, you you came back from Australia and then you started off with by word of mouth as a as a member of their service team or already instantly into their management team. So I, I joined joined as an event planner. So effectively, yeah. when I joined, there were I think we obviously had Mike and Janie Lloyd and, and Justin, um, who were sort of the three partners, and then um, there was myself and, and another guy Hugo uh, Miller Brown actually who works um, for a staffing agency. Uh, he says um and uh, that, that was it and we were just a very small company that was growing at the time um and we were sort of just going through all the bits and pieces i thought 
genuinely, genuinely thought, I'll do this for six months and then I'll do my law conversion slash I'll get a proper job. Um, but, you know, I'm still sort of doing the job, uh, if you can call it a job, uh, that I sort of started all this all that time ago. Wonderful. Excellent. You, you can call it a job, I think, now. After 20 years, Rick, I <laughs> well, think. I don't know. I don't think my mother still thinks it's a proper job. But, uh, yeah, I think it is. I think I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. And because uh, um, okay, we started off your career, in terms of starting your party, uh, so uh, as your guests arrive at Hampton Court, um, will you have a rival music? Uh, would I have a rival music? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think you've got to have uh, some music to set the tone. Um with, I think, uh, I love the idea of uh, sort of movement and flow and, and the journey and all of that. And so I think if I was having music, it would be music that would move around the guests. Uh, we work with a lot of different sort of wandering acts that effectively um, can move from one place to the other. So it's not a sort of set genre. Um, again, not sort of naming names, but we do work with a, a, a band called the London Essentials, who are fantastic, sort of three or four piece uh, and they can play anything from sort of classical right down to sort of uh, Britney Spears or something. And they will wander through uh, the party. They will find groups and they almost sort of seek you out and they will take requests and do things like that. And I, I think they're brilliant because they will crescendo through the reception uh, and they will gauge the spirit of your guests and the spirit of your party, um, which I think is a really good thing. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And talking about spirits, in terms of drinks that you'll be serving as guests arrive? Uh, oh, um, well, I think I'd be loyal to loyal to our country. I'd like to do an English sparkling uh, would be nice. So uh, I think English wines are actually uh, really some incredible wines out there at the moment. Uh, we work with um, Guthborn, who uh, one of the suppliers. They do a fantastic English sparkling. Um, I think that would be a, a nice start with some delicious soft drinks as well. Um, and that would be a good start. Uh, any any spirits at all? Are you doing any with gin? Seems to be extremely popular these days. Yeah, I think well, I think it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. So yeah. definitely, yeah. yeah. If you want to go and get yourself a, a gin and tonic or yeah, have a, a cocktail, that's great. But I like to. I know my friends, and I think that some of them need a bit of pacing. So um, I think you sort of start and then crescendo. I think cocktails and spirits. Let's have it at the end when we change the uh, tone of the party for sure. sure. Great stuff. And in terms of, I suppose, the, the, the change of tone while you've been at My Word of Mouth, as you say, 22 years that you've been there and, and uh, originally with Justin and Jane, et cetera. Um, I guess the, the, you must have seen various iterations and growth within the company. Has, was it was there certain times where you thought we've really taken a step up here? Either you won a specific contract or an opportunity to supply, or, or maybe it was just one event where you were just sort of like, okay, we're, we, we are serious in what we do. It's, that's a good question. Uh, so I think I think when I started, um, you know, so Jamie started by word of mouth, and I think when it started, it she we were doing sort of small dinners uh, at uh, Madame Tussauds or something, and and when I joined the company was really when we were expanding into lots and lots of venues and working in different places, and so we would work with go back to Hampton Court Palace. I remember when uh, you had Andrea Ward there and Charlotte Rees was working at Kensington Palace, and actually we were working with them to sort of learn how to put events on in these spaces. There were no defined rules. There wasn't, yeah, there was a conservation team, but there wasn't necessarily all the rules and regulations that were in place now. And we were working with them to develop these. I mean, it was kind of like, look, we've got this amazing space. How can we throw an event there that is respectful to the space, is, is looking after it all and, and sort of doing all of those sides? 
And I think, you know, Mike and Janie stepped away from the business, I don't know, probably three years, four years after I joined. Um, and, and then it was really myself and Justin sort of moving it forward and thinking, you know, how are we going to develop this and, and, and bring it forward? And I think in that time, one of the real sort of positives of the whole experience is about being the, the people that have come through the business um, and how we've built those teams, but just retained that ethos that we've had from the get-go that was instilled by Janie and, and, and Mike, you know, when they started the business um, and just sort of building on that sort of year on year, basically. And we've stuck very true to our core business as to what we do, which is sort of throwing sort of amazing events and, and parties, but with that sort of minute attention to detail and just doing the very best that we can. And we just, you know, that's what, that's always been the ethos of what we do. Yeah. And I, you, you have on your, um, on your website, you have a very, very good video, may I say, and it's um, yourself and Justin talking, oh. interview. Yeah. Yes. Would you say <laughs> good? I think you're the gritted teeth. That was, yeah. No, no, I would say good. I would say good. And, and as you said, <laughs> but it's clenched, but anyway, go on. Well, yeah, maybe a bit. Um, no, the, but one of the things that you do say, when you say on there is that if someone was to ask you about, you know, what's ethos and by word of mouth, you say it's the food. It's, yeah. it's the and that's it, it, the, the food, the quality, you know, Mark, uh, who's our executive head chef, has, again, taken the ethos that Janie started. And it's it's about no compromise. It's about making sure that we do the very best that we can. And it's about not not just settling. It's always pushing yourself. It's pushing and experimenting. We spend the chefs spend so much time in the quieter months. So they've had quite a lot of time recently to really sort of develop what will work, what we can do, not keeping it too safe, but working with fantastic ingredients, fantastic products um, and developing it from there. And, you know, if some it is, that's what by word of mouth was and will always be is about that sort of attention to detail and that quality of ingredients and food. Yeah. And has your, has your food knowledge, has that grown? I guess, did, did you have good food knowledge before you joined by word of mouth or has it basically... I couldn't bake a bean when I joined by word of mouth. No, <laughs> I, I definitely, definitely. I think in my interview, I'd probably say if Jane was listening to this, that's where I would have scored the lowest uh, in terms of my knowledge of food. Yeah, it's, a, it's obviously sort of adapted with that. And I think anyone who comes into this business... We're telling them always, you've got to get into that kitchen, go and speak to the chefs, talk to the chefs. You've got to have that passion um, because it is what we do and it's such a key bit. So, uh, yes, I would say uh, my knowledge of food is incredible. My friends, however, all say that I am the most fantastic reheater that they know <laughs> because whenever I'm doing a dinner party, they're convinced that the chefs have done it and I've brought it home. So I never get any credit for cooking at home for myself, unfortunately. Whereas actually, I can cook a few things now. Well, sometimes it's about delegation, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's a good trick. If you go to the chefs and you sort of just say, "Oh, how do I do this?" They sort of have a look and they go, "Actually, do you know what? I'll do all these bits for you, and then then you can finish it off at home." But uh, yeah. no, definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, while you mention that, so obviously, you know, we've all been going through the pandemic, and yeah, I know that you have done by word of mouth at home haven't you in terms of uh so. yeah we've launched a new uh so it's now called freeze actually we've uh, changed oh. it so f-r-i-e-s-e -E, um which uh is a new sort of brand that we've put together and it's been sort of i think like everybody we had to sort of take stock come march 2020 when we realized the world was going upside down and and, and everything and it was 
it was a great sort of energy in the room as we were trying to think of different sort of concepts that we could do. And one of the, the key elements was that it couldn't be something that would be just doing for sort of two months, three months, four months. It had to be something that we felt had longevity and that would have all the hallmarks of what by word of mouth does. Um, and so we, we came up with the concept of doing, you know, at home now freeze, um, which is again, created by our chefs, I don't think we did it at a great time because it was when they were supporting the NHS and were cooking thousands and thousands of meals every single day. And then I tapped Mark on the shoulder and went, oh, we've come up with another great idea. We can do this as well. Um, but yes, so uh, it's going from strength to strength. So now we're, we're working with retail partners as well as on the e-commerce uh, side of things. So it's been a, and it was a real collaboration across the entire sort of team. So Claire from marketing and Ed and every single person in the team was sort of putting forward ideas as to how we can develop it. And, you know, it was a really great distraction and as proving to be another sort of avenue for us um, to sort of branch out to expand the business. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. I hope, I hope it goes on to have a greater success. Thank you. And I'm sure that Mark will be delighted to continue to do it while the events industry returns. Well, as well. He, yes, we've already had this conversation. <laughs> it does work very well. He is actually in there. Yeah, they're doing it, and it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, oh, well, well, we're obviously on the subject of food, and uh, we should get back to food and your party. Um, so um, everyone's obviously having English sparkling, perhaps your gin and tonic as well. Will you be serving canapes with your drinks? Oh, 100%. Yes. Obviously, we can maybe look, we'll sort of, uh, in terms of the location, we'll be outside so I can serve all sorts of different canapes that I like. But yeah, uh, a massive range of that and beautifully presented. Um, I think the, the flavors of canapes are so, so crucial. And again, we, you know, uh, by word of mouth, we'll, we'll do a tasting every season where we're testing probably 20 or 30 different canapes and all providing feedback. And, and it's amazing sort of the the level of detail that the chefs go into in terms of the immaculate sort of little garnishes and those flavors, everyone, you almost sort of see when someone just pops in the mouth, they don't realize the amount of work and effort that has gone into creating that, that sort of one single bite for them and the thought process and the concept right to delivery of it. But yes, we definitely have some canopies. That'd be delicious. And do you have a, a favoured one from the? I guess you've been doing a number of tastings recently. Is it? Have you, have you got a favoured canapé that you'd like to add to your party list? Uh, oh, crikey! Um, I would. What would I like to have as my favourite canapé? I think uh, personally, I'd probably keep it really simple. I'd have something like just a very delicious uh, scallop wrapped in pancetta or something like that, which I know uh, is probably a bit decadent, but um, I just love the flavours of that. So that's what I would have. Wonderful, wonderful. Great stuff. Um, so they've, they've had uh, canapes and English spiked wine are now going through to your, uh, well, I say going through to your main meal. Are you having it in the in the main banqueting room? I should know its name. I apologise. At, at, uh, at the Great Hall. Great Hall. Yes, it would be in there. Uh, and yes, I would, uh, I would have a seated, yes, two courses, I think, probably. Um, not three. I would get everyone up for the third course, but I can tell you about that. But yes, starter and main course. Wonderful. Uh, so starter? Starter, um, I think I would probably go for, we do an amazing uh, vegan starter, which is like an edible garden of all sorts of um, vegetables, just really, really fresh, crisp flavours and a foam which would go on there. I think that would be a very inclusive light starter for all of my guests um, and do that. If I didn't do that, I would probably definitely have 
uh, a, a sort of uh, truffle in, uh, well, I put truffle into my vegetarian starter. I have a sort of a goat's cheese um, or a burrata starter as an alternative as well, because I do, those are my favorite foods. So I'm just thinking off the hoof now, so I should have probably presented something more, uh, <laughs> thought about it more. No, it's, 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 it's lovely. But obviously, I mean, <clears throat> you, you mentioned vegan there. Uh, are you seeing a greater trend towards people wanting vegan food? Hugely. Yeah, hugely. And it's something which, you know, again, I think we've probably been maybe ahead of the curve slightly for the last couple of years. Uh, we've The chefs and, and the team have put a lot of work and thought uh, into creating menus that are not just vegan, but they're sort of gluten-free, dairy-free. We're very much more aware about the allergens and so forth. And so we have sort of dedicated menus that tailor towards those sort of um, all the dietary requirements. But there's been a big push to that and sustainability. We've probably done already, we've I'd say done sort of 15 to 20 events, which have been purely either vegetarian or vegan starter, main and pudding. Um, and again, it's that whole sort of development and research. So from the sort of pudding aspect of it, it's it's finding alternative ways of doing it, whether it's sort of chickpea, which you're using to create um, the puddings and, and the sort of the, the pavlovs and things like that. It's all uh, so thought through and tested that what we can do now compared to probably four years ago and people not even realize that, you know, that pudding, which you think is all full of dairy and everything like that is, is totally vegan and, um, you know, it's delicious as well. Wonderful, wonderful. And, and so, as you say, I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's usually the main course where people stop in terms of vegans, but you're, you're seeing that now, as you say, all, all the way through, start a main course dessert. Yeah, definitely. And again, with the sort of the main courses as well, the chefs have put together some fab fabulous sort of just vegan uh, menus. So we've got sort of four or five sort of dedicated dishes that we do for that. And actually, it's it's a really important, inclusive way of doing it. I think it sort of balances it out for people, um, for sure. That's Great stuff. And, and for your own party, Rick, will you be going veggie main course or are you? Uh, no, no, I don't think I will. Uh, <laughs> I uh, probably, well, no, what would I choose? I would probably choose, I might, be, I, I'd probably go for a fish main course though, I'd say. Mm -hmm. um, I love uh, halibut. I think halibut would be, you know, a nice meaty fish um, would be a great main course to choose. Um, again, I think, you know, historically, beef and lamb have always been really, really popular dishes. But fish is something which is, again, sort of really sort of on the up in terms of what people are choosing and just thinking a little bit more about the whole uh, sort of experience and everything like that. So I would be maybe a little bit controversial to the meat lovers, but I would go for halibut as my main course, please. Wonderful. Um, do you know what you would have with your halibut? Um, I would love a delicious pom puree with a champagne beurre blanc and delicious uh, vegetables alongside that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great stuff. And uh, while your guests are having a dinner, or, uh, and it can be afterwards as well, we have any, any entertainment at your party? Any wandering... Uh, what, as a, as a, a sort of a, an act or...? Up to uh, you, Rick. Up to you. Up to me. Well, I mean, are you, are you paying? Is it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Your, yeah. yeah? I, I pay. It's okay. my, my, you're, my you're to Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm going to have some entertainment. I'd love an amazing uh, entertainment. Um, we who who would I have? So I think I think we'd, I'd I'd love to have Stevie Wonder. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think because you can have the piano, and I think we. Funny enough, we. I'm just thinking back. We did an event. Um, going back quite a few years now, which had Stevie Wonder performing at it. And we were, 
I just remember we were stood about sort of 10 foot away from his piano uh, in the wings and the entire audience was just captivated with how he sort of held them. He's an unbelievable entertainer. Um, and I just also, the thing which I really remember is because it was in a, it was in a private home and, and just because of the logistics of the event, we had to uh, sort of escort him through the kitchen um, sort of to get him onto the stage. Uh, and then he obviously did his performance, but then we had to escort him back out through the kitchen. And on the way back out, he um, made a point of stopping and saying hello to the waiting staff, to the chefs, who are all sort of dumbfounded. You, know, you can see them just dumbstruck there. But he basically made a point of speaking to them, introducing, saying hello and chatting to them before he sort of got into his car and left. And I think he was an absolute class act. And uh, I would love to have him at my party, I think. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I'd also I know what he costs as well. So Philip, you've got to just put that. In <laughs> it's all right. There's 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 many an impossible dream at these parties. I've, I've, <laughs> I've got to get Nelson Mandela to the one of them. I mean, it's, it's oh really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Okay, well, I've done something with him. Yeah. Well, that be good luck. That might be a bit more of a struggle. But uh, yeah. yeah, again, not the yeah. last act. Yeah, that that, that was uh, the reason I mentioned him actually because in, in in terms of what you were saying about Stevie Wonder, it was it was talked about that Nelson Mandela did basically the same so he actually came in it was a number one london was the venue at the time yeah um and uh he came in and before sitting down with the guests he actually introduced himself to all the waiting staff so he actually went around and shook hands with all the butlers before sitting down for dinner unbelievable As, yeah. well if we were in Canada, i we did an event going again i can't remember when it was and it was probably one of my more, more terrifying experiences we were doing it was a dinner at the banqueting house uh, for about, I think we had 350 guests and we were working with a, uh, a, a corporate company and they had they had Nelson Mandela speaking um, as he was speaking before and addressing the audience. And we basically, we were doing a uh, cheese fondue, that's twice baked cheese fondue as the starter. And so we'd had lots of conversations with the uh, organizers said, look, this is a pretty, A, we're doing this for 350 people. Um, this is a very, very difficult starter to do. You've got a speaker who's speaking uh, before. How do we know how long Nelson Mandela is going to speak for? Have you got absolute cast iron guarantee? He will speak for 17 minutes. He's going to speak for 17 minutes. We've got the speech. We've got all of this. Uh, right, okay, well, if you're absolutely sure. Anyway, he was, for all sorts of reasons, he was very delayed getting to the venue. And I was stood at the back of the banking house. And I remember Justin, we were, obviously when we're doing events, we have uh, walkie-talkies and we look like the Secret Service, but really all we're doing is being shouted at by our chef saying, what's going on in the room? <laughs> when, is the, when do I need to do, when do I need to put the souffles in? And we were there and um, he, he basically did exactly that. He came into the room and as you just said, he was shaking hands with lots of people. And Justin and I were sort of looking at each other going, and we had Mark on the radio. Mark's like, do I put them in now? Do I put them in now? Like, no, 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 no. We've got 17 minutes. You told us it takes, I think it's 15 minutes it takes to get them up. We've got, we've got some time. Um, anyway, so then Nelson Mandela did get up on to stage, but he, and so we sort of like Mark, uh, he's, um, he's just speaking. We've got our 15, 18 minutes, whatever, off we go, put them in. Um, and then sure enough, Nelson Mandela basically stood up. He went, um, so I'm going to speak after dinner now. Um, so I'll let you guys, and he pretty much spoke for about 30 seconds, at which point so Justin and I looked at each other and 
Uh, I sort of left it for him to explain to Mark that we were going to have to speed up the whole process of that. And there was a lot of like, oh, we'll all flood the room and top you up with drinks and so forth as we were waiting for these souffles. But again, and the guests quite understood that there was souffle on the menu, so they were happy to wait for 15 minutes as it came through. But it was one of those moments when you're just like, you can plan, 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 but things change and you've got to be able to adapt to it. Um, yeah. And I think I've still only got the sort of slight wounds from Mark afterwards, but uh, it was all okay. Exactly. It's a, as you say, it's it's how you how you manage your team, especially your <laughs> chefs in that situation. That's <laughs> uh, great. That's great. And in terms of um, as you said, you know your 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 career has basically been with by word of mouth. But who who has inspired you through your your time of, of within the catering industry or hospitality industry? Um, well, I mean, I think, again, work with some sort of fabulous people. I think the, the people who've inspired me, the people who've worked in by word of mouth, I think in terms of uh, where I took my sort of main sort of grounding and, and ethos, that I, I have to attribute to Janie. Um, she set the tone in terms of what our expectations were, um, how we would drive ourselves forward. And I think that sort of also, the sort of environment that she created at By Word of Mouth and, you know, Mike, Jenny and Justin, that sort of family environment in terms of how we treat people and how we work as a team and how we collaborate, you know, all of those um, values are absolutely what we do now and has always been. Um, but I think sort of the inspiration sort of moving on from that has been the people who've come through the business. Um, you know, one of the key things I think we've always done is recruit people that we see have that drive and have that passion and have that energy and those are the people that we that i feed off on every single day that you know that drive me forward that drive the business forward um and i think you know once you're surrounded with people who share that ethos it becomes sort of in in, in sort of an infection in terms of how you drive it forward and that just self-perpetuates that energy throughout so um yeah i think that that's that's where i get my inspiration from definitely Great. And, and how did how did Janie set the expectations? I mean, how did she, I suppose, was it just through, through obviously, leading by example or was there a... Oh, Definitely leading by example. Right. I mean, from top to bottom, everyone here does everything. There's no sort of uh, bureaucracy in terms of, you know, too good to do that. I think, you know, I think the, the key bit is, and I think everybody in this business, you know, it was Janie's business, um, you know, and we've always all treated it like it's our own baby. You know, by word of mouth gets into your bloodstream and you absolutely, when, when you're doing an event, you, you want to create the best possible experience. You know, the passion and the sort of the thought which goes into everything we do, we absolutely want to deliver the best experience we possibly can for our guests, for our clients, for every single person. And there's no stone left unturned. It's not a question about, let's just do the job. It's about creating, you know, we're in the business of creating memories. That's what we do. We create experiences, we create memories. And every single event, every single one I've done in the whole of my career, I go into with that sort of sense of butterflies because you're desperate for it to go as well as it can do. Um, the best possible thing. And I think that's the one thing that Janie, Janie sort of made you realize that this is, this is what you do. You have to care about it, you know, and, and that's what drives it forward. Um, and then you challenge yourself. You've always got to challenge yourself. You can't just sort of say, you know, we've never said, oh, we know that we can do that. So let's replicate that 30 times. We've always gone, it's a blank piece of paper. 
Can it be done? Yes, we can use the experiences that we've got from all these other events that we've done um, over the years and in the past. But, you know, what does what what does our client, what do you want to deliver? Right. Well, let's make it let's make it work. What what menu do you want? You know, we have Claire who designs all our menus. Yes, we do seasonal menus and we update them all the time. But if the client comes to us, we'll give them a blank piece of paper. We'll work with them to create the dish which incorporates all of their loves. Um, so it's really sort of it's making sure that we just bend over backwards to deliver to our clients. Right, great stuff. And obviously you mentioned doing uh, double cheese souffles for 350 people live at an event. Uh, are, there, are there any other ones where you've thought, can we pull this off? Oh, yes, we have. Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, there's been lots of times I've done that, always in the knowledge that we would be able to do it. Um, yeah. I think also that's one of the things where we obviously we do tastings. We, you know, when the chefs do the tastings, they, they replicate the conditions that they're doing the tasting. There's never anything that goes into a room that we'll sell to a guest that we don't have 100% confidence that we can replicate that for 350. Yeah, there's times when we're like, oh, we're pretty, yeah, I'm so <laughs> sure. But um, uh, other dishes, I mean, again, we do a beautiful, so uh, they're designed um, with a beautiful sort of gilded uh, egg, which is hollowed out. And then a truffle foam and a cheese fondue goes into that. We deliver that for, well, we did that out at an event in um, Qatar, funny enough, actually. Uh, we did uh, an event once where we were asked to basically fly over all the chefs and all the staff and all the food. Um, and so we that was quite an experience, um, effectively doing that. And I don't think uh, I slept or Mark slept until we knew that the plane was in the air and had landed down and that we'd opened the sort of packaging through because we basically took over, as I say, sort of about sort of 400 beautifully hand-painted, gilded, sort of hollowed-out eggs that, for all intents and purposes, one person dropped something on the way and um, we'd have had to, a lot of uh, repairing work to do. But, um, yeah, yeah. So those sorts of challenges, definitely. Amazing. And how did you find Qatar? Uh, I loved that show. I thought it was a really, you know, beautiful, beautiful place. We were literally, having said that, I probably saw landed hotel went to venue spent probably 40 hours at venue went back to hotel caught flight back uh to which my wife will have said oh you had a nice break did you and i was like yeah. <laughs> um but yeah obviously they've got the um the football world cup coming up so it's another it's another culture another experience um but i was i i you know quite well i, was, I grew up in the southeast asia i know traveling quite a lot so that was a bit fantastic Excellent. So, well, well, I hope you have the opportunity to be back there ne next year, isn't it, for the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, indeed. Great stuff. So, um, we've obviously had the first two courses of your meal. We've got a, a wonderful vegan garden starter, possibly as well, with goat cheese starter as well. And then uh, halibut with pom puree and, and vegetables, champagne sauce, and bear bon, sorry. And uh, dessert, as you said, you're going to get people up and running. Yeah, I think so. I think I definitely I think two courses is enough time for people to sit down and chat. And I think uh, we'd love to do a taste of pudding bar to have everyone up. Um, and it, again, it's an opportunity to create some fabulous sort of designs and theming around how the food bar looks. And again, if we're in Hampton Court, we could have some amazing sort of candelabra and gilts and other bits and pieces um, sort of going through that. Um, but I love the idea of having sort of five or six um different puddings that you can choose and, and you can keep going back to throughout the evening and it's a real sort of opportunity for people to sort of socialize and get going again um so yeah i think we definitely have a, a sort of a, a taste of pudding bar as our dessert 
I'm going to have to push you to give us a couple of examples of what you would have, Rick, on your taste uh, of well, On the taste of pudding. Um, yep. So I would love to have, you've got to have chocolate. So something like a, um, a chocolate panna cotta, I think, with some uh, beautiful garnishes on there. And then I would for uh, other options on there we do sort of some uh, we'd love to a uh, 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 pink rhubarb uh, semi fredo would be lovely as well so anything which was in season i don't even know what time of year i'm having um this party so um i think sort of all seasonal uh, fruits and flavors is absolutely crucial um yeah. to have on there that's great one of the nice things i think in terms of the pandemic is that it, that actually rather than people going how do we make things cheap to get through this actually people are still hugely concerned about sustainability and traceability of food etc i mean if, have you seen that as an ever increasing question query from clients and and in the way yeah and I, do you know what? i don't think it's just from clients i don't think it's it's client-led it's it's led by you know us what we want to do and i think it's um you know again sustainability you know, we, it's our planet, we're living and breathing it. And I think we've always taken it very seriously in terms of sort of minimizing any waste or anything like that. We, we you know, right out to, we've partnered with a, an amazing charity called City Harvest, um, who we partnered with back in uh, 2019. And what City Harvest do is, uh, they you know, waste isn't in their vocabulary. They absolutely hate the word waste. And what they do is, um, work with 300 charities about surplus food being sort of spread to those charities and getting across to that and what we did was we've created um designed a couple of different canapes that we have that use you know if we're creating a beautiful sort of fillet of uh beef or something there's the sort of the trimmings that come from that and what we've used is that to create another canapé so we have a sort of a no waste burger um is one of the options or there's a, another sort of a fish option where basically we utilize that what's um the trimmings from that to create another canopy which we can then use on events and we basically donate the profits from that we give to city harvest to help fund their business and what they do and i think what it does is and and the corporates and well private and corporate clients have the uptake on that has been really really positive because it gives us an opportunity to a explain about the the charity but also to sort of um spread that benefit across to them so loads lots of clients have taken up that opportunity as well and again it's just you know we have a, a team that you know meet where we have the event planner a chef so there's a member of the event planning team the chefs in the back of house who meet once a quarter with that absolute first and foremost on the agendas of the environment and sustainability and what can we do how can we keep pushing it forward you know again when we run events there's no food waste which goes you know, that's all goes off to our remote digestion um, business. So there's no food waste, uh, which is wasted um, from the event. And again, you know, absolutely minimizing the impact of what we do um, on the environment. So it's crucial. It's really, really crucial. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I think it's hugely important for the for the future of our of our industry. You know, in terms of it is people's acceptance. You no, know, there's there's no longer acceptance that that we we can create thousands of tons of, of either food waste or actually single-use plastics, et cetera, et cetera, out of events. It has to change. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Great um, And obviously, I said, you know, it's a nice thing that's come out of the pandemic. I and mean, while, while we've been going through this, um, obviously, there's been hugely negative for our industry. It's been very hard to, to trade. Obviously, you have come up with, with Freeze and you've been helping the NHS. Uh, are there other positives that you're going to be able to take out of it? Um, in terms of the way you operate or, or things that you've been able to do? 
I mean, I think um, for, for, from our perspective, one of the real positives for me certainly has um, been that sort of collaboration with our, with our industry. I think it's brought, as an industry, it's brought us closer together. Um, maybe not, you know, exactly what we'd um, sort of uh, the sort of situation that we we would want. But I think that communication and actually sort of support. You know, I you know I've spoken to people. I've had more conversations with direct competitors probably in the last twelve months than I ever had beforehand. And people who I know and I you know have got great respect for. And I think you know we've gone for drinks and we've literally sort of asked that question: How are you doing? How, how, how are you getting through this? And I don't mean about the business. I mean about you sort of personally, because we've all taken on enormous sort of challenges and stress. And, you know, you can't plan. I think we were sort of talking earlier. You can't plan from literally one day to the next, let alone sort of three months or a year to try and sort of work through that. Um, so I think that for me has um, been a sort of a real positive. But I think also what it's done is is demonstrated to us that you you can adapt. You know, I think everyone you know, people inherently sometimes afraid of change and don't want to do it. Whereas what's happened is certainly in our industries, it's forced you to think of other options and do it. And then we've accomplished it. So what that does is that builds the confidence that you can take on more challenges and that you can look at something with, you know, very much the sort of same mindset that we can with an event. So we don't ever look at an event going, it can't be done. We look at an event going, okay, how do we do it? Um, you know, it's not no, but how? And And I think that again, from a mindset point of view, um, is, you know, is is a sort of a huge positive uh, that we can take on from this. Um, and I think also it's given us, you know, can personally, you know, I've probably done sort of uh, spent more time just having that headspace to do some thinking. And it's given a time to find a bit more balance, like with everybody, when you're full on an events, you barely have time to breathe and look up before you're on to the next one and actually what it's done is it's is made us realize that we do need to take some time out you know personally as well um just to sort of make sure everything's good and so i think it's given us the balance and given the guys in the team the balance in, in terms of sort of making sure that they've got that space and they have they're not just work 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 you know it's you know taking some time away really making sure that you know sort of mentally you're in a strong place um, as well as um, all the other things. So whilst, no, I definitely wouldn't wish the last 14 <laughs> months on anybody, and I think there's probably other ways of you know getting those benefits, those are things which I think we definitely would sort of take on from there, for sure. Yeah, 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 no, sure. Uh, I'm not allowed <laughs> to ask you these questions back, am I? Because I'd love to. No, no, I was going to say, I, I was, I was going to say that, you know, I, I, we had, we had, I had a meeting earlier today as well at a, at a venue, and we were discussing it, and, and I think that, that, that it will be a positive in the in the medium to long term. It will help drive greater quality people into our industry. But in the short term, it will be painful because people's practices are going to have to change. I don't think that people now are having people having worked either flexi furlough, done different things, gone through this year. People's desire to go back to yeah, okay, I'll do seventy hour week, whatever it is is not there anymore yeah. and I, th I think that it's uh that whereas the, the events industry and hospitality has probably a, a, abused the situation that it's a bit of a calling in terms of what we do it's people who have a passion for service and a passion for doing events and that should never change people have been equally put off doing our industry either because pay hasn't been right in certain areas of it um, or equally because people are doing 
as you said, you, you, you can go in this industry, you can go from September through to December the 23rd and just not have a day off, should you wish. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it, it can just be absolutely full on and, and people are, are now aware that actually that's probably not the right thing. No, and I mean, I think we, you know, we've got, we've sort of got a, a, an expression here, which is enjoy the journey. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, that's something which is so important in anything that you're doing. You've got to, yeah, passion as you know, sort of takes you through, but you've got to sort of have that balance and enjoy that whole experience. And I think if the, you know, funny, just as you're sort of saying, we, you know, obviously like every business, we're on a big recruitment drive and, and look to do things and we're sort of, you know, sat down in a room and we're going, right, well, what is it that's attracting people? What, what have we got that attracts people to this business? Yeah, and it's passion. It's the people who are in it. Um, but it's, as you say, not taking that for granted and finding that balance. And I think, you know, I think we are pretty good in terms of balancing things out. And I think we're very good in terms of, you know, developing people's career and giving them that exposure. And again, back right back to what I was saying, you know, it's about coming in and, and working in a culture and, and, and enjoying that culture um, and ethos moving forward. But yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And equally, you know, going through this has all been... It creates lots of back-to-floor moments as well for managers because we have to be serving, don't we? So it's uh, it's uh, it's kind of fun. It, it reminds you of why you started doing it anyway, I think, and also it reminds you of what what the guys are having to deal with on a daily basis. So it's uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, it's definitely yeah, a positive definitely. thing. And I, I can't, you know, I personally can't wait to get back to that buzz of of being an event and that moment just before. You know, when you've been working on it maybe for six months and, and, and it's all come to fruition, those are my best bits. The bit just before the guests arrive and you're looking at it going, you know, we've created this now. It might be that you know, you've been planning it for seven months and you've delivered it and, you know, you've had half an hour to sort of start to set it up or whatever. Um, it's that bit there. And then towards the end when, you know, you're coming to the, sort of the end of it. That's, you know, I absolutely love that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there will undoubtedly be a big buzz at your party. We've, we've had a, a wonderful meal. Obviously, Stevie Wonder performing as well. Uh, will, you, will you have a cele- another celebrity at your party? Um, as a, so, so what's, okay, so, uh, well, I mean, I, I could I pick a whole load. I mean, I would love to have <laughs> a celebrity. Do you know, I'd love someone like being a boring tennis nut I'd love to get someone like Roger Federer to come and do a um well he can just be a guest quite frankly he's I, I can invite him come and make and Absolutely. you can make it happen Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. um so would love to have that I think if I was having another entertainer um then if we've got Stevie Wonder going down I think someone like Marilyn Monroe would add a bit of glitz to it wouldn't she if she was yeah. sort of the cabaret act I think that would be a, a memory for my guests um to have so I would, yeah I'd love to have that yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe you could make it your birthday, Rick, and she can sing. Well, she birthday. could. Well, you never know. I don't know how my wife would take that, but yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, fair I'm sure your wife would see the funny side of it, Rick. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what are you be having dancing? Okay, so if I answer this truthfully, everyone will know that I am not one for dancing. However absolutely everyone else can get up on the dance floor and so yes we'd be having dancing um but i just might not be on that dance floor is all i would say um but yes yeah. i think if i sort of pretended that i would be i'd probably get a few phone calls telling me that i'm a liar um but yes 100 percent. 
Fair enough. You'll be you'll be standing by the bar with the DGST watching everyone having fun. Exactly. Making sure everyone is enjoying themselves. Well, I'll be having a chat with Roger Federer talking about his tennis. Exactly. You know, exactly yeah, yeah, Wimbledon yeah. And uh, see if you give yeah. me some tips on my backhand, basically. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he could give you lots of tips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you see my backhand, actually, be on the lost cause, if I'm honest. Uh, for sure. And, uh, and and though obviously you're not a big dancer, do you have a, a first dance track that you would have? Uh, oh, uh, well, it's got to get someone. It's got to get everyone up and going. Um, and again, I'm probably sounding like a right old uh, so and so, but uh, I think I think a bit of Lionel Richie, you know, something like dancing on scene, just to whack. Let's get everyone going. Uh, that would be uh, a very cool first dance. Or uh, I also love a bit of Elvis. Uh, so anything from Elvis would be good. We did, funnily enough, have a bride and groom who wanted uh, Suspicious Minds as their first dance, which I thought was potentially quite a bad omen. Um, <laughs> but it's a very good track. So, uh, but yeah, so I think I would have Lionel Richie would be my my choice. Yeah, uh, very good, very good. Well, I'm, I'm, he must have had some good Elvis moves, I guess, to, if he wanted Suspicious <laughs> yeah, Minds. Exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, good stuff. And uh, Hampton Court obviously is, is made for a big departure. Uh, and obviously the party does sadly have to come to an end. And being a historic Royal Palace, probably earlier than in some places. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been shipping everybody out on there. So crack well, I think I've probably broken all the rules already at Hampton Court Palace, maybe. So I need to be a bit careful about the big departure. Um, what, so what? So, uh, well, I think for me, a big departure is, it depends if you're, I, I think me saying goodbye to the guests. So quite frankly, I can stay and they can all go, um, I think would be the departure. But uh, if you're at Hampton Court, then you're right on the Thames. So you've got to go back to London on a boat and continue the party uh, for as long as possible. So if I hadn't chosen Hampton Court, I would have probably kept on going and wouldn't have had a departure, be last man standing. But um, but yeah, I think uh, a boat on the Thames for everyone to continue for another hour or so as they return back up to central London. Uh, but for me to wave goodbye from the front of the palace um, would be a nice, nice touch. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've had plenty of uh, after party parties. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are the real parties. <laughs> real. Exactly. <laughs> those are the things when you've finished an event, you know, at four o'clock in the morning and you've packed everything up, and that's. You know, that's almost the point where you're relieved and then you go and try and find somewhere to have that last 4 a.m. drink to, um, you know, just to sort of relax after having worked for however many hours solid. Uh, that's the best bit as well, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is an amazing feeling. And you know you've delivered a successful event and you're able to have a drink with the team afterwards. There's nothing better. And, you know, invariably sometimes, as you say, the sun, the sun is coming up because it's uh, sort of a, a godforsaken hour in the morning. Um, but still you're sort of, you've got that high from having delivered the event that you can't get to sleep anyway. So, uh, yeah, no, it's a great feeling. Wonderful stuff. And uh, would you have a gift for your guests? Would I have a gift for my guests? Uh, uh, I think for me, again, I think as I said before, my gift is uh, the memory. Life is about memory and experiences. I'm happy to create experiences. I'd rather blow the budget on having Marilyn Monroe come back and Stevie Wonder that, than I would to give my guest a gift. So I think spend the budget on the party, that's the gift um, for them to remember. Yeah, we do lovely sort of keepsakes. I think if you can keep the menu and you've got the calligraphized handwritten 
uh, menu as a nice thing to sort of for a guest just to pop into their pocket at the end of the night or something like that. But yeah, I think the memory is the gift to the guests. Good enough for me. <laughs> uh, uh, <clears throat> there's, there's lots of, I mean, you know, if you've got Marilyn Monroe and Stevie Wonder and Roger Federer and, and the meal that you are giving to everyone, it will be a wonderful memory, I'm sure. Sounds, yeah, yeah. all those names sound a bit, just chuck Roger Federer in there, but yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's good like that. He'll enjoy it. <laughs> and and do you, you talk about memories. I mean, I'm sure there was too many for you to mention, but do you, do you have one best memory from working in the industry or, or one that you're happy to talk about, maybe, <laughs> best memory from working in the industry? Uh, my best memory from working in the industry, I think, um, I mean, again, talking about the end of the party, we did uh, a fabulous party in the south of France, which I probably spent the best part of a year planning. Um, and uh, it was over sort of a series of, uh, it was a weekend, so it was a sort of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, and it was a, for a, you know, it, it, again, all the combination, so we'd sort of been involved with the production, the entertainment, and all that, and it had just absolutely sort of gone perfectly, and I think my best memory probably was looking across, it was about five o'clock in the morning, the sun was rising, I had a barman who'd basically been sort of working from, God knows when we'd all been awake for sort of 24 hours. And I think just the last sort of six guests were sort of going off the dance floor that they've sort of finished off. And I just looking across that room thinking we'd created that going back to memories, that experience, you know, and the, and the, the client just came up to me and just shook my hand and said, you know, he couldn't have thanked me enough for it. Those are the sort of memories I love. And I think for me, again, it's that feeling, that feeling of having delivered for someone to create, you know, that's what we are. We're a tool for someone to create their dreams and experiences. If it's a wedding, if it's a, if it's a, a social occasion, if it's a birthday or something like that, you know, that's a lot of responsibility for us, you know, to make sure it goes absolutely perfectly. But that's the responsibility that we take wholeheartedly. So when we deliver it and we do deliver it, that's the best feeling you can possibly get from an event. So I'll say that. That's uh, brilliant, Rick. And it's, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned, I mean, it's, it's, I, I was going to say, Justin wrote in an article, I, I obviously Justin, yeah, yeah. Um, he wrote, uh, the client who's planning a memorable wedding on an Italian mountainside won't have considered how granny is going to get up the hill. That's our job. That's what we do. We try and think of, you know, I think, you know, one of the things, it, it's planning, 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 planning and planning. And I think, again, like, like we say, enjoy the journey. We've got another motto, which is always it's, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And so for us, it's about making sure that we've thought of absolutely everything um, to be able to make sure that on the night it goes as smoothly as it possibly can. As long as Nelson Mandela sticks to the script and actually <laughs> does the 15 minute speech at the beginning, but yes. Exactly. And as long as Marilyn Monroe is not too hands on with you as well on the event. <laughs> well, um, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. No, thank you very much. Ring. Your, your party will obviously be planned to perfection at, at Hampton Court Palace for 150 of your closest and dearest, nearest and dearest, shall we say. Um, we've got uh, London Essentials doing wandering music as people arrive. Uh, we've got English sparkling wine, uh, lovely soft drinks, gin tonics, scallops around in pancetta amongst other canapes. And we have a, a vegan garden starter, a wonderful halibut and pom puree and vegetables and beurre blanc sauce. Stop me anytime you wish. Uh, we have a, a, a tasting pudding bar. 
including a chocolate panna cotta and some and rhubarb. Yes, you can pop some mini espresso martinis onto that taste of pudding uh-huh. bar because I think that's where you need to bring your cocktails in is when you've got everyone up. You need to have your your, your shift, your gear shift in terms of uh, the evening. So, yeah, no evening's complete without some espresso martinis for sure. Yeah, yeah. And and it means that they will be good to go onto the boat afterwards as well. Cause, uh, well, 100%. Yeah, the, 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 the main party... Yeah, hold on. I don't want that party on the boat being bigger than the party which I've got. So that's just a sort of, maybe I would get on that boat with them, I think. That's yeah, yeah, you've got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wave to them first and then get a little speedboat to take you out yeah. to the boat and then carry on up. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, we've got Stevie Wonder there. We've got, uh, obviously, Roger Federer, Marilyn Monroe, potentially out. Uh, then you've got first dance track, Dancing on the Ceiling, um, or and maybe some Elvis as well in the, in the tunes to go. And a, a great memory is in terms of the gift to your guests. Uh, but it's been an absolute pleasure to talk through, Rick, and also obviously to discuss um, what's been going on by word of mouth and how your, your attention to detail and how you put so much planning and focus and attention to your guests and uh, all the different the frees and all the different pivots you've been doing. Um, and uh, I'm sure it'll be a very exciting summer ahead as we all come out of the restrictions we've had and actually able to deliver events. That would be nice, wouldn't it, Philip? And uh, I think for sure. And again, I think, you know, again, sort of going on to some conversations and things, I think one of the things I've really enjoyed is having conversations with you. I know we've spoken before here, we've met in Hampton Court and other places like that. And I think, um, you know, I think we're all due a little bit of uh, sort of uh, good fortune over the next few months. And it'll be nice to be meeting people when we've got sort of lots and lots of work and, you know, we're all probably running around like, sort of headless chickens but it'll be a lovely feeling yeah it will be so thank you